Hey, Malachi here, pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministry. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that what you hear will encourage, enlighten, and enrich your life. You know, it's our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change, to draw you closer to our Heavenly Father, as well as strengthen your walk with Christ, using the Word of God as our foundation. I can't thank you enough for listening and sharing our podcast with others. And now, here's today's message. Thank you so much for tuning in to Life's Word Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Malachi. And what I want to do is thank all of my listeners that are tuning in to the podcast. And I really appreciate every one of you that's listening. And I pray that God is really blessing your heart, what we are sharing with you. These are the countries listed in the top orders of listening percentage. And I just want to say thank you so much to the Philippines for listening. They're at 58%. The United States is at 31%. Ireland is at 4%. Germany at 3%. And everyone else is at 1%. We have the United Kingdom. We have Australia, Canada, Singapore, Japan, South Africa, Mexico, Indonesia, India, Thailand, Hong Kong, Palestine, Kenya, Argentina, Malaysia, France, Norway, and Nigeria. Thank you so very much for listening and sharing our podcast with others. And we appreciate the love because we understand that sharing the word of God is important for you to grow in your faith and to walk in your faith. We're going to go into our podcast. We're going to be talking about the anointing. Just activate it. I think that's an awesome, awesome topic to talk about the anointing and being anointed in God. And I want to dedicate this podcast session to my godson, Maurice. I praise God for you and what God is doing in your life. And I continue to lift you up before God. So this is dedicated to you, Maurice, because I know that God has an anointing on your life and in your life. And we're going to start reading from Luke 4, 18. Luke 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And I want to put in here not only oppressed, but depressed and suppressed that he came to set you free. Now, let's turn over to James, the fifth chapter in the 14th verse. It reads as follows. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So when we come back after this short commercial break, we're going to talk about the anointing just activated.
Welcome back. I'm your host, Pastor Malachi, and we're talking about the anointing just activated. There are three ways, ladies and gentlemen, to activate the anointing that we're going to talk about. There are plenty others, but I want to concentrate on these three because I feel that they are very important in your faith walk. And I want you to write this down, if you will, if you're keeping notes. The first way to activate your anointing is by focusing on God's word. The second way to activate the anointing is by expressing your faith. And then the third way we're going to talk about how to activate your anointing is by walking it out every day. Those are three awesome ways to activate your anointing by focusing on God's word, by expressing your faith, and by walking it out every day. I know that many of us have been around the church well long enough to have heard about, quote unquote, the anointing of God. At different concerts and musicals and services, we've all heard about or even seen how a singer that gets up and sings or a preacher that gets up and preaches was anointed. You have seen a time or two, even where you go to church, that someone will come up and get anointed by oil. You've watched this. You've witnessed this. And how many times you have heard someone say to, quote unquote, not touch the Lord's anointed. How many times have you heard that? Don't touch the anointed. Touch not the anointed as a way to convince you not to argue with them. Now, let me tell you something. This is certainly a misinterpretation of Psalms 105 and 15, because over in Psalms 105:15 says, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Has nothing to do with what we quoted and the way we quoted. So let's talk about the first way to activate the anointing by focusing on God's word. This is very important, ladies and gentlemen. One great way of focusing on God's word is to spend time praying about the situation that needs God's anointing. What are some of the situations in your life that you need God's anointing? Are you in need of healing? There's a lot of us that are sick in our bodies. COVID is running rampant once again. Are you in a relationship that needs restoration? There's plenty of people that have problems in their relationships. Is there a financial breakthrough that you are looking for? A lot of people are looking for financial breakthroughs. They need an anointing in their finances. Whatever is weighing on your heart and mind right now, what is good for you to do is to begin to search the word of God for scriptures that apply to your situation. That's one way to handle what you're dealing with is go to the word of God and search out scriptures that deal with your situation. Now, once you find them, write them down in your journal. Do you have a journal? 
And let me say this. If you don't have a journal, I've published three different journals that you can pick up. One is called In the Heart of a Man, There is Greatness. And the other is In the Heart of a Woman, There is Greatness. Now, for the men, I've created a prayer journal just for you because there's a lot of prayer journals out there for women, but I created one just for you called Prayer Journal for Men, A Daily Prayer Journal. And all three of these are under my publication company called Walk in Faith on Amazon.com. So if you write those in the title, In the Heart of a Man, There is Greatness, a notebook journal. In the Heart of a Woman, There is Greatness, which is a notebook journal. And also Prayer Journal for Men, a daily prayer journal for men under Walk in Faith Publishing. And so you can pick those journals up there. Buy them as a gift. Give them to your loved ones. Give them to your friends. And they'll be certainly blessed by that. And I appreciate your support. So with that, write down in your journals scriptures that deal with your situation or even memorize them. You can set them in a place where you can see them often throughout your day on your phone. You can put it in your notes on your phone. You can put it on your laptop or your tablet. Great way to access the scriptures daily. And when your thoughts start to drift into a lane of fear and negativity, you need to redirect them by grabbing that wheel and focusing on the word of God. Because the longer you meditate on negativity, the more opportunity for damage there is. And as Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says in NLT, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. The second verse says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why? Because they are temporal, ladies and gentlemen. And we need to build our hope on things eternal. And how do we do that? By holding on to God's unchanging hand. That's how we do that. Today, in many of the Pentecostal and charismatic churches, they are preaching about having a quote unquote new anointing. I don't know if you've heard that. Maybe you've heard it. People talk about the new anointing. This new anointing is said to be a new outpouring of God's Holy Spirit on the lives of believers, specifically to help them experience more power, more joy, and more holiness. And I'm scratching my head on this. Now, while this idea of anointing certainly seems to be thrown around a little too much in some religious circles. It is not new. The anointing of God is not new. The Bible talks about God's anointing in several ways throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, even though the Bible has plenty to teach about the anointing, hear me on this. Teaching and leading Christians to seek a quote-unquote new anointing is not necessarily biblical. 
No matter how well-meaning and spiritual-sounding the teaching may be, and they make it sound really good. And if new Christians, new believers, born-again, new babes in Christ are not careful, they can get caught up in this new way of teaching. And I found that in examining the concept of a new anointing, we would have to look way back in the Old Testament and work our way forward to the ministry of Jesus and beyond that. Now, in the law found in Exodus 30, 22 through 33, God gave instructions for making, quote unquote, a sacred anointing oil. And he talks about how to make this sacred anointing oil. This oil was to be used to anoint the tabernacle, to anoint the ark, to anoint the table and its utensils, to anoint the lampstand, to anoint the altar of incense, to anoint the altar of burnt offerings, to anoint the lever, to anoint Aaron and his sons. In Exodus 28 and 41. See, this is why it's important for you to have the journal so you can write these scriptures down. Aaron and his sons were anointed in order to, quote, consecrate them so they may serve who? Serve the Lord as his priest, unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, throughout the Old Testament, we see that God commanded various peoples to be anointed as a symbol of those men's or women's divine calling. Look at the prophet Samuel, how he anointed Saul with olive oil in 1 Samuel 10 and 1 and gave him this promise in verse 6. The spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy and you will be changed into a different person. It's a beautiful thing to know that when we are anointed with oil or even anointed in God, the spirit of God will come upon you powerfully. He says once he was anointed with the oil and then he said, you'll prophesy and you'll be a changed person. There's a lot of people talking about they've been anointed and they're prophesying, but their lifestyle hasn't changed. They're still doing the exact same thing they were doing in the world, but yet they're saying they're anointed. And then when we look later on in that same book of first Samuel, the 16th chapter and 13th verse, Samuel again anointed David with a similar result. He says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. I really like that. In the midst of his brothers, in the midst of the naysayers, in the midst of the haters, in the midst of those that thought they were better looking, better sounding, better walking and talking, better equipped for the work. Mm, that's a revelation there. And he says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. It wasn't about how he looked. Wasn't about how he thought he was handsome. Wasn't about how tall he was. No, God uses whomever he wants to use. And it's always a person we don't expect to be used. And in these examples 
of Saul and David being anointed as king of Israel. We also see that the spirit of God came upon them. For this reason, oil or anointing is often seen as representative of the Holy Spirit. Anointing did not always involve a literal pouring out of oil. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that and how the oil of anointing and the anointing of God is in full effect. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're talking about the anointing just activated. We left off talking about the anointing not always being involved in literally pouring out of the oil. The term anointed is also used in the Bible to describe someone God chose for a particular task. And this is what I really like because there are times God will use whomever he wants to use to perform a particular task for his glory, for his teaching, for his will. For example, the Persian king Cyrus is called God's anointed over there in Isaiah 45 and 1. Although no one actually poured oil on Cyrus, the Persian king was simply being declared as set apart for service to God. You'll be set apart for God's service. This is why he will, he will anoint you for his service. Jesus bears the title Christ, which means anointed one. Jesus was set apart for the ultimate service of God. And we can clearly see over there in Matthew 3, 13 through 16th verse, that after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, says that the Spirit of God descended on him like what? Like a dove. And we all know what great works the human Jesus did throughout the Bible, throughout his short ministry, throughout his life. Number two, by expressing your faith. This is the second way to activate the anointing. Over in Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you build your faith through feeding your mind and feeding your heart with God's word, the anointing touch of Jesus becomes activated. That's an important point right there. As you build your faith, through feeding your mind and your heart. How? With God's word. It's very important that you stay in God's word because the anointing touch of Jesus becomes activated. Look at the story of the two blind men in the Bible who cried out to Jesus over there in Matthew 9, 27. We hear the cry, son of David, have mercy on us. They were calling him the Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Jesus asked the blind men if they believed he could do this miracle. 
See, that's one thing in calling out for help. And it's another in believing that Jesus can help you in the time of need. He wanted to hear them speak their faith since he knew he was, as we call in our opening scripture, anointed to give recovering of sight to the blind. He wanted to hear their faith. You say you have faith. I believe you have faith, but there's times when Jesus want to hear your faith. And he says in recovering of sight to the blind. You know what recovering means? Giving back, taking back, getting back. In other words, they had physical sight at one time. But somewhere along the way, there's a message in this. They lost their eyesight. You started out seeing, but somewhere along your walk, you were blinded to the truth. And so now you have to pray for the recovering of your sight so you can start seeing the way God wants you to start seeing. That was over in Luke 4.18. Now, we talked about the blind men. Let's consider the leper who came to Jesus in Matthew 8, 2 through 3. And he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Now, we already know that Jesus is willing. We already know that he wants to heal us. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me. Not you will heal me. He's speaking it. You can heal me and make me clean. The leper was making a faith demand on Jesus's anointing. Are you making a faith demand on Jesus's anointing in your life? Expressing faith allows the anointing to flow and healing to occur. You want your anointing to flow? You want healing to occur? Then express your faith. How well do you express your faith? Do you express it in faith statements like those we just talked about? Have you expressed it in faith actions? What are faith actions? Well, let's look at faith actions over in Hebrews 11, 8 and 9. Abraham here in this particular scripture, he took action without knowing the whole plan. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. There's a whole lot, a lot in this. There's There's a lot in here. By faith, Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave his home. Sometimes God is calling you to leave your home, leave your place of comfort and go to a place that you don't even know where you're going in order for you to receive the inheritance that God has for you. You have to go where you don't know where you're going. And then when you get there, you have to live by faith. We don't even want to think about receiving a call such as this. God, don't call me if I don't don't know where I'm going. I need to know where I'm going. I need to know who I'm going with. I need to know what I'm getting there. I need to know what I'm doing when I get there. But walking in faith says that you just get up and go. 
Paul wrote in Acts 10:38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Here is a beautiful truth. Under the new covenant in Christ Jesus, every believer is anointed by God. For what, you say? For service. Did you catch that? You are anointed by God for service, not to be this great, well-known whomever, but for service. That means you're to serve. Every person who believes in Jesus is forgiven and sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look what John wrote in 1 John 2.27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Paul told them in second Corinthians one 21 through 22, it is God who makes both of us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now listen, the teaching of a new anointing following salvation is not in the Bible. The Bible never tells us to ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon us for the simple reason that he has already come. I have heard plenty of people say before they did what they called a great move in God, Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to come upon me now. Now, I myself, not knowing any better, may have exclaimed something in this manner a time or two. Okay, Lord, oh God, anoint me now. Why am I asking God to anoint me now if we already have the anointing? All we need to do is activate what we already have. You don't need to ask for God's spirit to come down and to anoint you. No, you need to ask God to help you activate whatever's in you already. If the spirit is in you, you just need to activate that. The Holy Spirit supernaturally and permanently anoints all believers. We are declared holy by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So you already have the power. You already have the anointing. You already have the ability. You just need to start activating it. Why else would it be written in Acts 1 and 8? But you shall receive power. What is that power? That power is that anointing. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me where? In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Whatever's in you, that power, you are to be a witness of that power. You are to be a witness of that Holy Spirit. You are to be a witness of the anointing that has been placed in you. You know why people always seem to ask for the anointing to fall on them? I'm going to give you my analogy of that. It's because their lifestyle is so shabby that they have to recheck 
or re-examine the power that they're supposed to have because they have been living a life that is so contrary to the will of God. So now they got to go back and go, God, anoint me, please. Please anoint me with your power and your spirit because they already know their spirit has been dampened because of their lifestyle. You should be living such a way in God that once you speak, the power of the Holy Ghost moves immediately. The anointing is activated as soon as you open your mouth with God's authority. Those who teach the new anointing have a tendency to seek showy supernatural experiences in their Christian walk. It's all about the show. It's all about me. It's all about look what I can do. Now watch this. Those who claim to have experienced a new anointing. Now they may be wondering why they still find life a struggle and why sin still puts up such a fight in their life. Now, let me help you with that. It's because every Christian walks in daily struggles and no special or new anointing will change that. Now, it was Wayne W. Dreyer who was accredited as saying, we are not a human being having a spiritual experience. We are a spirit being having a human experience. We're going to have struggles because we're in a human body. And it's hard sometimes in our daily walk. And that brings us to point number three. By walking it out every day is the third way to activate your anointing. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this up. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're talking about the anointing just activated. If you're just joining us, you've already missed two highlighted points of how to activate the anointing. The first one was by focusing on God's word. The second one, by expressing your faith. And the third one that we're talking about now, and we're concluding with this, is by walking it out every day. People do not seem to understand that walking in God's promises is not a one-time action. No, 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 no. But it's a way of life. This is a way of life, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't a one-time action. But what I see on social media and how people are demonstrating their one-time action in Jesus and then doing any and everything they want to do and still consider themselves godly still consider themselves Christians, still consider themselves believers. Well, okay, they can still consider themselves, but your actions are showing a whole different side. Just as we read about Abraham's faith, we can read about Moses's faith in Hebrews eleven twenty seven. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Ladies and gentlemen, you walk out your faith in the words you say. You walk out your faith in the prayers you pray. 
You walk out your faith in the conversations you have with others. And like the scripture says, you walk out your faith by keeping your eyes on the one who is invisible. But we can all agree that it is not always easy. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be haters. There's going to be those that want to discourage you. There's going to be those that are Christians that say, oh, you don't have to read your Bible that much. You don't have to pray that much. You don't have to go to church that much. Oh, you don't have to listen to gospel music that much. Come on now. The faith journey takes efforts and an act of your will to determine to receive the promises of God. You may even empathize with the father who pleaded with Jesus to heal his demon-possessed son in Mark 9:24. This father was anguished, and his raw words may resonate today loudly when we are faced with tumultuous situations. The father says, "I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief." We believe, sure we do. We say we believe, but come on, be honest with yourself. There are times that we do have some unbelief when we say that we believe. Now, listen, the good news is this. As you daily choose to look to Christ and express your faith, you are strengthened moment by moment, one day at a time. If you don't know by now how to activate the anointing, let me help you by choosing to focus on God's word by expressing your faith and by walking it out every day. This will activate the anointing of God in your life. As you build your faith and learn to activate the anointing, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to remember where your faith comes from. You might not know where your faith comes from. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us that Jesus initiates and perfects our faith. So you're not alone. Jesus is right there with you for your journey. Don't think you're walking by yourself because your family turns their back on you. Don't think you're walking by yourself because your friends talk about you. You're not alone. It is Christ who first drew you to himself. And it is Christ who made a way for you to have faith in the first place. It is Christ who continually refines your faith, ladies and gentlemen. Always look to him. And soon you will be operating in the anointing with signs and miracles following you just as they followed Jesus when he walked the earth. With that, if you would like to activate the anointing in your life, I want to help you become one that can activate the anointing in your life. You first have to receive him into your life in order to be anointed to do his service. Now, let me let me say something here, because there are a lot of people that work in the gospel that are not saved, but they're yet anointed. Isn't that amazing? But just because there are people out there that are preaching, that are singing, that are doing all types of works and services that get anointed at that time. Well, that's a temporary anointing. God can anoint whomever he wants to anoint. He uses whomever he wants to use. Didn't he anoint a jackass in the Old Testament to talk? Hmm, that's something to think about, isn't it? Gifts comes without repentance. But in that, pray this prayer with me. God, I know that I am a sinner 
and I've sinned against you. And I am deserving of the punishment. But Jesus Christ took the punishment that I deserve so that through faith in him, I could be forgiven. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I place my trust in you for salvation. I ask now for the power of the Holy Spirit and your anointing. I receive you as my Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed this prayer to receive Christ Jesus as your Savior, I want to welcome you to the family of God because through your faith and belief, you not only have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you've received the anointing in your life. From this moment on, start learning how to live a life of faith. Start learning how to, as we talked about in our podcast, start focusing on the Word of God. Start expressing your faith and then start walking it out every day. I want you to be able to walk in your anointing. I want you to be able to activate your anointing. I want you to be able to be strong in your faith. And here's another thing I want you to do. I want you to find a good Holy Spirit filled Bible taught church so that you can grow in your faith as you walk the pathway of Christ. You can write to me and share your story of faith with me. Let me know that you said yes to Jesus. You can email me at lifeswordministry at gmail.com. I want to also thank those of you that partner with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. We are a listener-supported podcast, and your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. If you're not a partner and you would like to sow into this ministry, you certainly can do so. You can go to paypal.me forward slash life's word ministry. And remember, be sure to pick up your journals and pick up my new book, Pathway to Christ on Amazon.com. It's available in paperback and hardcover. And be sure to subscribe and follow us right here on Life's Word Podcast. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. I trust you were blessed and enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to tune in again right here on Life Word Podcast.